cybersecurity. Here are your co-hosts and cybersecurity experts, Brian Horning, Reginald Andre, and Randy Bryan. What's up, everybody? Hello, Andre and Randy. How are you guys today? Doing well. Got some tropical disturbances out there, three of them, but um, but it's dry today. Weather is just ridiculously bad here, too. So We had one wonderful rain last night. It was awesome. So we had a heat wave. Um, it was getting into, like, the 105s. It was so dang hot, like, the last week. But the tonight, it, today, it's, like, the high 98. So it's pretty awesome. Yeah, good thing. You, you got rain. We need rain. We have – I don't know if you guys know, but we've been dealing with dry weather and wildfires here in kind of the northeast so yeah i get you on the rain part um everything's brown around here there's no green uh except for the trees so welcome to another week we're gonna gonna kind of have a shortened show we're we're going live here uh and recording early thursday morning we usually do it on tuesday afternoons but our schedule's dictated that we have to do it in the morning so we're going to run uh, probably about a half hour here, 30 minutes or so. we got a ton of things on the docket. We're probably not going to hit them all. Um, but we want to do update everybody on the Move It uh, ransomware attack. Probably This is probably one of the most prolific uh, vulnerabilities and, and ransomware events that we've seen probably ever. I mean, I was going to say in some time, but I'm, I'm thinking this might be the – like if – Randy, we have a list, right, of, of victims so far for Move It. Is that right? Yeah, that just actually came out this week. Do you want me to read the we'll article? We'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get yeah. into that. And then UPS is uh, disclosing a data breach uh, that we're going to dive into and, and let everybody know because I'm sure everybody uses UPS at some point during the week. Um, feds uh, are working together through multiple agencies to uh, create a dark web crypto crime unit to try to find out where victims are, find out where these criminals are and where the money's going uh, and maybe hopefully stop some of this crime uh, using the blockchain. We'll get into that. Uh, And if we have time, we'll jump into ransomware gangs getting more ruthless and attacking not only uh, outpatient medical centers, cancer centers, but even the devices that are being implanted in the people to keep them alive. Um, so it's pretty crazy. Maryland's been hacked again. Microsoft had a big outage this week and nobody really knows the truth behind it. Some people mm-hmm. are saying that the Russians cut the cables. Um, I don't know. We'll get into that. That one's up to Randy's alley. So we'll let him talk about that. And ransomware is only getting faster and better. So we're going to talk about that towards the end of the show if we have time, but let's just jump right into move it guys, because that's the big story of the month, basically, at this point. Um, we've covered this, as Randy noted, in the green room three or four times uh, on the show already. Uh, but the reason we're covering it again is because this is an ever-evolving threat uh, that takes advantage of a somewhat popular tool that's used across both yeah. private industry and government. Um, there's a massive amount of these servers that are out there right now. Um, again, more, you know, I, I was surprised when the go anywhere one, uh, happened and how many people were using that. And I'm really surprised about how many people use 
move it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's amazing to me because like there's free tools out there. I don't, I can't believe people pay for this stuff because there's free tools you could use that do the same thing as, as these tools. But that's a, a well, different story for another day. Um, but let's get into it, Randy. Um, so Klopp has really become the ransomware group to take advantage of this whole thing. By default, these things have to be exposed to the internet just the way that they work. Um, and you were told weeks ago to take these things offline, basically. And we still have them online and we still see government agencies and private businesses being attacked uh, multiple times every week. More and more businesses are being attacked. So why don't you clue everybody in on who's being attacked specifically? Well, so the crazy thing um, before uh, what well, was literally in last week's show, um, we we just talked about for probably the second or third time we talked about this and mentioned the government saying that like putting out a putting out a warning saying hey get off this or update it and 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 it's bad. Well, literally since then, several federal agencies have come out that they had it and they're in the process of this hack. So. What we're uh, looking at today is the ransomware operator Klopp, which, by the way, um, there's now a $10 million bounty on someone that can lead to. I'm the- officially going after that, just so you know. My hat's in the ring. My hat's in the ring. All right. <laughs> we started listing the, um, the victims. And I'll just uh, read a few here. Um, first sourced, First National Bankers Bank, Putnam Investments. Landall Green Parks, Shell, Datasite, National Student Clearinghouse, United Healthcare Student Resources, Leggett and Platt, OKK, University Systems of Georgia. Leggett and Platt, that sounds like like a law firm. Yeah, probably. And so, and and this this is across that we've got um, we've got HR, we've got banks, we've got legal, we've got um, energy. We've got governments. We've got healthcare. I mean, this is literally across across the board. You know, the thing is, people use this software. It's very ubiquitous. Um, it's been had early adoption with nerds way back in the day. So they they probably introduced their clients to it, and a lot of people are using it. The crazy thing is, at least six months ago, y'all. We talked about the vulnerability, maybe four, but we talked about the vulnerability and, and it can be solved by just updating the dang software. And it is, it's bad because it's been known for so long and it's just sitting out there. And you're right. This is going to be one of the big ones. You know, Which we one, talk about. The, oh, that was a, or was right. That was the Barracuda. I was, I'm getting them all confused now because there's so many. <laughs> I know Barracuda was the one who said, like, get this offline because we're not going to fix it. Um, but yeah, yeah, it can't be patched once it's uh, once it's once it's infected. Wow. Um, that's what Barracuda said. Yeah. Um, but anyway, well, you know, it's one of those things, right, that, you know, Joe s- set it up 10 years ago. It's always worked. We're You know, there's really it's never given us a reason to change it. Um, it's kind of rudimentary technology when you really think about it at the end of the day and <clears throat> joe quit five years ago nobody you know we, we just uh-huh. keep the system up and running we don't you know other than that we don't know much about it because mm-hmm. um, joe probably didn't document it very well either 
and he probably wasn't making enough money to make a living. So he went and got a quote unquote <laughs> real job. Um, so, I mean, uh, we literally run into that nonstop. We oh, run dude. into that all the time. And they're like, well, I got, go I got an email job. the other day and you, I know we talked about this in the green room and you brought it up, but I, it, I didn't say it in the green room, but I got an email the other day where somebody was like, Hey, our, our IT guy is moving across the country to become a nurse. Hmm. And, and people don't think that this is happening at a high level. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's almost time. like it's almost um, your ability to keep technical talent in your company is, is a skill at this point. Like we all know the thing, like, and I tell this to people all the time, like you can go ahead and you can hire an IT person. They're not going to be here for more than two years. Like within two years, they're going to leave. I don't care what level, level one, level two, level three, IT director, CIO, they're all going to jump ship from your company because they got no other IT people to talk to and, and relate to. And you might not think that that's a big deal. But that's a, it's kind of a big deal. Um, and not only that, everything's going to fall on them. They don't have anybody to distribute the stress to. So the, the ability for them to, stay in that position long-term and not feel burnout is greatly reduced when you don't have other people that they can delegate things to or, or get things done to. And companies think, oh, we can, we can just hire one guy to take care of everything for us. And, you know, companies are starting to learn that it's hard to do that. And also they're starting to learn that companies like ours, managed service providers and managed security providers, have a better environment for these people to stick around long-term. So, you know, we can introduce a level of consistency into a business um, that they can't create on their own very easily. Right. And that's important. Like, I, and that's why I, I brought it up because I think a lot of people think it's easier than it really is. So good stuff. Anything else about move it Andre that you want to discuss or bring into the conversation? Um, the patch has been um, out there since uh, June uh, 16th. So it's been out there for about 10 days now. So there really should be no reason why um, people are still not doing this. And, but like we, we said in the, in the call earlier, just this, this is a software that people don't even know it's the one that's running right. everything for them. Right. And that could be also why. So, right, it's, because it's like, oh, we do FTP, right? That's what most people are probably going to think of this thing as, like FTP you know, file transfer, mm -hmm. you know, just, you know, they don't know it's move it. Right. They just know, Oh, we, it's the SFTP or the FTP or whatever they're calling it in their business. Right. Um, so yeah, you're right, Andre. I mean, they probably don't even know that they're running it. Um, and unless somebody comes in and tells them from the outside or they invite somebody in to say, Hey, what are we running here? Or do we have any vulnerabilities? They're probably going to find out once they have ransomware. Yeah, I'm going to put a, a logo of the application on the on the uh, Facebook so people can cool. see it. Yeah. Hmm. All righty. Good. All right. Well, good luck with Move It if you have it, and get it updated if you have it. That's important. And uh, stop giving clop money because they're raking it in right now. Mm -hmm. uh, UPS, my man Randy. Is this these messages you're sending me in the private chat? I guess this only impacted Canadian people. Is that what you're telling me here? Oh, uh, that's what it uh, looks like. Okay. Well, why don't you 
fill everybody in on what's going on up in UPS Canada. All right. So um, this is uh, they've disclosed a data breach. Yeah. Uh, basically, it says uh, multinational shipping company UP- UPS is alerting Canadian customers that some of their personal information might have been exposed via its online package lookup tools and abused in phishing attacks. At first glance, the letter sent by UPS Canada, Canada titled Fighting Phishing and Smishing, an update from UPS, seemed to be a warning to customers about the dangers of phishing. Quite ingenious, by the way. That's my comment I'm adding in there. However, it turns out this is actually a data breach notification with the company sneaking in a disclosure stating that has been receiving reports of SMF, SMS phishing messages containing the recipient's names and address info. Are they not going to get in trouble for that? UPS is aware that some package recipients have received fraudulent text messages demanding payment before a package can be delivered. So it sounds like that's the actual, uh, what the bad guys are doing, sending out um, a text saying that they need to pay before it can be delivered. Um, But they're not being very clear, it sounds like, um, about breach notification. So Yeah, yeah. there's two things that's interesting on this, because the first one is it appears that you could, if, if someone can get a list of tracking numbers, they basically can just reverse engineer it and it's going to tell them the person's name, the address and things like that. So that's that's interesting. And then the second thing on this article is talking about is that um, the second thing that it's talking about is the way UPS disclosed it. It was just more of a informational like, hey, everyone, just be careful. There could be some phishing, but it never actually said, hey, we got compromised. You need to be sure that if you get anything from us. And that, that's pretty deceiving, um, and I hope that's not going to be the trend. Yeah, it can't be the trend, number one. Number two, they should have sent out specific text message screenshots and things like that of, like, this is what, you know, the scam looks like and, and be aware. Um, yeah, that sucks. Um, they're probably going to get investigated, and there's probably going to be some fines levied because Canada does take this kind of stuff pretty seriously. Um, I think more so than the U.S. based on some laws that are written both across that country and in certain provinces. So it be interesting to see what provinces happened in as well, because certain provinces have uh, tighter controls and restrictions and laws around privacy and and data security. So it be interesting to see where this ends up for UPS. Um, But as you guys were talking about this, I don't know if you guys saw it and We'll quick, I'll quickly mention it. I don't think this has to do with anything that's on the docket below. Um, I saw an article yesterday where there's fake, like Microsoft, like 365, I want to say password reset emails going out with QR codes on them. And they're having the user and they're like basically prompting the user to like scan the QR code and it's infecting people with, uh, viruses on their phones. Yeah. So, yep. So basically the idea being, you'll see it on your computer. It'll say, Hey, you have to like, this is it. You have to reset your MFA, scan this QR code. Now we have to educate people on this, right? And we got to get in front of this. That's the important thing, right? You got to get the information out to the users so they don't think well, this looks pretty legitimate. You know what? You know, I've never, you know, nobody's going to think that a QR code would come from a fisher or a scammer or a hacker unless they've been educated around it. Their initial reaction is going to be, wow, this looks a lot like when I initially set up my account when I was onboarded, when I had to set up that two factor and do that code. 
and they're going to think it's legitimate. I think, I don't know. Did you guys, I mean, it, it was, it was pretty slick. I was like, man, geez, I'm like another cat and mouse situation here. And we got to get ahead of this one now too. Um, did you guys see it? I don't know. If you yeah. Saw yeah. It. Yep. Yeah. So. And it's, um, you know, we talked about burnout, right. In the green room and how, yeah. you know, hearing all of this stuff that we have to deal with. It's not just like, Hey, my printer's broken. Come and fix my, my thing. There's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of tools that we have to monitor, react to, um, in the background when it comes to cybersecurity and it's a lot and we're not getting, we're not getting the help we need. <laughs> Well, the help we need is businesses actually doing the right thing, right? And you know, we talked about you know uh, moral decisions or unmoral decisions, right? And, and we we went into a conversation about that. There was another YouTuber out there who is in the real estate business who was kind of, who kind of brought this subject up around having uh, homeowners insurance on your house and how a lot of people in Florida are just making the decision to not do it. Or, or more so investors making the decision not to insure the home. Um, and it's becoming a problem at a lot of different levels when people make that decision where they think, well, this only impacts me if I don't buy this. And we kind of were talking about this in terms of cyber insurance. Um, you know, if you don't buy this, that's, a, that's an immoral decision because it, it, it doesn't just impact your business when you make these decisions. The companies you provide your services to, the companies you supply products to, you're part of a supply chain in this economy when you set up a business, whether you realize that or not. And you making the decision to not have protection around cybersecurity and ransomware is an immoral decision because you're going to go out of business and you're going to impact the economy as a whole as a result. That's the easy way to say it without going into a 20 minute conversation. Um, but that's kind of what we were talking about. And then we all agreed we're going to do a whole entire show probably next week on this whole idea. So stay tuned. Um, but jumping into the next conversation, feds form a mini FBI for dark web crypto crime. And I'm thinking of a, a friend of mine where it's this is right up their alley. Um, but agents from DEA. IRS, DHS, DOJ, and the Postal Services are joining forces to address an uptick in cryptocurrency and dark web-enabled crime. Uh, and quickly going into the article, federal investigators from five different agencies have formed a new task force to try to catch criminals using cryptocurrencies and dark web to carry out illegal activity. Uh, the new Avengers-style crossover team, wow, uh, includes agents from the Department of Homeland Security, federal prosecutors, the IRS Criminal Investigation Unit, and the DEA, calling themselves the Dark Net Marketplace and Digital Currency Crimes Task Force. They're restricting their activities to Arizona for now. All right, so let's jump into this. I'm not going to read the whole article. Um, the first thing that comes to mind when I read something ridiculous like Avenger-style crossover team is a bunch of dudes and you know, button down shirts with no ties and their big bellies sticking out, not the, <laughs> not the Avengers that I see on, on the big screen. So, um, so what do you guys think about this waste of money, waste of time? That's kind of the first thing that comes to my brain when I see our government doing stuff like this. It, no, for me, I, I, I um, appreciate the collaboration. I mean, in the article, it mentioned that they have been, for, they have been working since 2017 together but this is now more formally and they have like an actual task force. So 
Um, step in the right direction, why Arizona? I don't know if they're just using that as a template to then do it nationwide, but um, hopefully it's just not five guys that's supposed to handle the entire state and, and things like that. Right. So I guess the idea here is, and I've talked about this on the show a few times. I don't know how often I mention it, but we all know that ransomware funds other crimes. That's ultimately what all this cyber crime that occurs you are helping cyber, you're helping criminals. And I, and I, and I, I think people miss this. I think people think like, uh, you know, like these are cyber criminals. That's all they do. And they, you know, they steal money from, or they steal money from businesses uh, or governments uh, or schools. And they take that money and they go buy mansions and boats. And well, they do that, but most of that money goes to fund other crimes. Like, Human sex trafficking, human trafficking um, uh, will fund uh, drugs, will fund firearms. That's why they have these other entities working together, because when they maybe bust a firearms deal, they can kind of figure out, well, how did they get the money for this? And then they learn it came in through cryptocurrency and then they can start to trace, you know, where all this came from. And then, you know, by the time they finish their investigation, oh, this was, you know, this company paid $7 million for ransom that basically funded this whole entire firearms operation that we just took down. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a bottom-up approach. I don't know how effective it'll be. <clears throat> um, I think it'll help them connect the dots around crime and who's involved, if anything. Randy, thoughts? Not really. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> so, I mean, this is, I mean... Uh, a lot of the stuff that we're talking about runs right through your state, my friend, you know, this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I'm a little on the skeptical side. Um, and wondering, of- wondering if it's just a, if it's just for show or just a posturing. Um, so that's, I'm hopeful yet doubtful at the same time. Well, I think we all are, but I think ultimately, I don't think this will, like I said, I don't think this will prevent anything. I think this will help them connect the dots to help them understand a little bit better as to the crime web and who's connected to who and how it's all happening. Mm-hmm. And when we went to um, the, the show where the FBI agent talked, he talked about how long an investigation investigation goes. Mm-hmm. And now that I guess that they can easily, you know, go over to the other cubicle and say, hey, I need your resources or I need your intel on this. I'm sure that's going to definitely help instead of making it through an old system that they have or, you know, some guy in Washington that has to then process it to then send it back to him and so forth. All right. So moving right along, good luck to our, our government with that effort. We'll, we'll keep everyone updated on their success around all of this and, and what comes of it. Um, moving right along, we'll focus our attention now to the healthcare sector um, and ransomware gangs prey on cancer centers and it triggers an alert. Um, an attack against a U.S. cancer center this month by an obscure ransomware group has sparked a warning to the healthcare sector about the threat actors rarely used and very effective techniques. While the group, which calls itself, uh, I'm not even going to try, it's THT for short, 
uh, it is not widely known. It has a history of attacking medical facilities by exploiting known vulnerabilities and using a living off the land approach to minimize detection. Um, I don't know if that really qualifies to me as uh, uh, what they are rarely used and very effective technique. Because, guys, we talk about this all the time. I mean, Randy, you're, you love living off the land. Like you love saying that term. I mean, yeah, that's, I would, I, as a cybersecurity professional would not ever classify what I'm reading right here is rarely used and very effective. Right. I, I will say this, it's not rarely used, but it is very effective. Like if you can find it and you know, it's there and, and you know how to exploit it, it's very effective. And that's, uh-huh. but that, that it's amazing to me that these hospitals are still so far behind the times. These, you know, the healthcare industry in general is so far behind the times that they don't understand that you got to get rid of vulnerabilities on your network and stop giving, you know, stop putting food out for the prey. Right. You know, yeah, usually what, what we've seen is um, the, the bigger group, the, the actual uh, ransomware group, when one of their, let's say, franchisees starts to go after healthcare and things like this, they n- normally say, hey, sorry, you know, we don't, we, we this guy got, went off, went a little rogue or something. But this seems a little different where they're actually going to be targeting healthcare, no yeah, matter well, what it is. Yeah, I mean, what they've learned as, as, as unconscionable as it is, there's enough data out there at this point that they know if they can get a healthcare facility to a point to where they can't pr- provide services anymore, their chances of getting paid increase to over 90%. Hmm. 90% of healthcare facilities are paying the ransom when they can disrupt operations. Yikes. So, you know, THT on, in their attack you know, they rendered its digital services unavailable and they put the protected health information of patients at risk and significantly reduced the availability of medical center to provide treatment for patients. They took them down simply because they knew if they did, they were going to get paid. The days of certain ransomware groups saying like, we're not going to attack this sector or that sector are out the window. It doesn't exist anymore. They are coming after you. They don't care who you are. We've even seen hackers take out pacemakers and kill people. It's happened, and, and, but people still want to play with fire and act like that, that they're never going to get hit. What happened to the twelve industries that they can't touch? Yeah, that, <laughs> again, that's, that's out the window. Mind, Andre, it's so true, man. It's like every time we read one of these, uh, that's the first thing that pops to my mind is, well, there goes that agreement we had where we weren't going to attack vulnerable industries. Like, if you guys want to dig. If you guys want to dig into this a little deeper, we're going to have uh, the articles, but we got to we got to wrap up the show here in the next couple of minutes. But talking about uh, critical sectors again, the state of Maryland was hacked. Um, and I would say, like, in the world we live in today, if Google, Microsoft. And I'm trying to think of somebody else, but I'm just going to say if Google or Microsoft get hacked, that needs to be considered critical infrastructure at this point, too, because you got pretty mm-hmm. much 90% of U.S. businesses either use the Microsoft platform or the Google platform today to get their email if they're not using it for other things like file storage and, and stuff like that. So when you're talking about services like this being attacked, you're also talking about 
critical infrastructure, in my opinion. Um, and then we'll jump into the ransomware getting only faster and better next week. That's the last thing on the docket. I don't know if you guys want to talk about Maryland or the Microsoft thing. I thought the Microsoft one was really interesting uh, because I heard some guys on YouTube saying, like, Russia cut the cables. I don't know if you guys want to wrap up with some thoughts on that. Well, what I, I didn't, did, did any of you guys have any customers where they got affected or any type of degradation? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We didn't have it. Surprisingly for us, we didn't have anything. Do you use a PSA that starts with C? No. Oh, okay. Well, they went <laughs> maybe, down. Maybe if there's a cable cut somewhere in all of its uh, web of interconnectedness, maybe. Miami has its own cable or a different cable that wasn't affected. Yeah, it was definitely AWS came out and said there was an update that was done and it screwed something up. And they, I think they got it fixed reasonably quick, but it did impact a lot of different things. Um, it impacted and, and, and then Microsoft had their issue around the same time. So that's why it was thought, well, how could Amazon and Microsoft have an issue right around the same time? But they kind of did. Um, and, you know, it led to conspiracy theories and stuff like that. But um, when we become reliant on these cloud services and everybody puts their eggs basically in three baskets, Google, AWS and, and Microsoft, that's where most people are living in the cloud these days. When they have disruptions, it's going to be big. Right. Um, this is why you need to have other ways to get to your email if Microsoft goes down. Um, and that was a big discussion I had last week in, a, in a, a class that I was in for cyber resilience. A lot of these big companies that were in there, we're talking Fortune 500 companies, people who run the IT for that. Um, you know, they were talking about how do we keep Outlook up and running if there's a, a problem? And a lot of them weren't even aware of like email continuity services that you can put in front of Microsoft Outlook. Should that go down, you have a way to still access your email. Um, yeah, like an emergency email box. Yeah, emergency email box. But, you know, it still has all your old emails and it still has everything new that comes in. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. they had no idea that this even existed. And I, you know, I turn them on to it. And that's that's the thing. Like when you're talking about business continuity, you got to know what's available out there to right. you and what the best right. solutions are. That's why working with us three is an advantage because we know this stuff. And we make this our life and we can enhance your IT department when they don't have this kind of knowledge. Right? Um, yeah. And I was going to say there is a silver lining in this, which is which kind of got me excited is um, Microsoft has used this as an opportunity to up their game with their web application firewall. Um, and basically that's a firewall around their Azure services. Um, you know, they've only come out with. I'm, I might get this wrong because apparently I'm jumbling my dates today, but it's only been like in the last year that they really upped their game for Defender, for their web apps, for um, for Azure web apps. And that's a big deal because a lot of startups, especially, they they do all of their, their web apps in Azure. And so it's good for me, um, especially vetting vendors, knowing that Azure now has... A, a solid Defender product to go with web apps. And then also, you know, what I read out of this article, what jumped out at me was they upped their game with the web op application firewall um, for, for Azure services as well. So to me, that's a silver lining here. 
I agree. Thank you, Randy. That was good stuff. All right, guys, we got to wrap it up. We got places to be and people to serve. So thanks for your time. And we will see everyone next week. Remember, share the show. Share us with your friends and family so they get this information. We'll see you next week. Take care, everyone. Bye, everybody.